This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. This is the Jeopardy podcast. And now, here are the hosts of the Jeopardy podcast, Jamie and Katie. Hi everybody, this is the Evil Chocolate Cookie back with you with your daily dose of the Jeopardy Chronicles. And because it is Saturday, we are going to be spotlighting someone or something, as is the usual custom of Saturday. And with the reappearance of so many season 37 and 38 contestants over the past few weeks, I felt like it was only right that we spotlight a season 37-38 contestant here today. Now, I said season 37-38 because this particular contestant appeared during both seasons. So I think you can figure out who I'm talking about. If you guessed Matamodio, you are absolutely correct. Now, we did touch quite a bit on him during the Tournament of Champions because I kind of talked about him. I talked about him. I talked about Amy. I talked about Matea. I talked about everyone in the Daggum Tournament. But I kind of crammed them all in together, so now Matt gets his own episode. When Matt came in, we had... You know, of course, been dealing with the guest hosting situation, and the three-game curse had recently been broken. It had been broken by Courtney Shaw, who won seven games. And the interesting thing about when Matt came in was... Our recent Champions wildcard winner, Josh, was the champion at the time. If my memory serves, Matt just barely managed to beat him in that first game. Which doesn't really surprise me considering the kind of player Josh has proven himself to be. I want to say he won three games? Two? Three? Something like that? And then Matt showed up. Here's the thing. When Matt showed up, a lot of people got really annoyed. And why did they get really annoyed? They got really annoyed because of his unusual method of answering. He didn't even bother getting the question grammatically correct. He would answer the same way every time. And people didn't like it. But, I know now why he did it. And he actually explained it somewhere. He said that the way he answered gave him time to, you know, really think about it and focus more on actually answering the question. Which really, if you think about it, makes a lot of sense. 
Now, let me tell you something. Matt has historically been a very aggressive player. We're talking Holdtower style aggressive. Maybe slightly tamer than James, but not by much. Which kind of made me want to scream at him. Actually, I did scream at him quite a bit during his run through the TV because, well, those wagers were killing me. Like, he would make these insane wagers later in the game, and I'm like, dude, are you trying to screw up your own winning streak? Seriously. Another thing I have to say that I really admire with Matt is just how adept he became at handling the host switching. Because he dealt with a lot of that. And each guest host had their own rhythms, their own pacing, their own way of reading things. And the switches threw a lot of players off. Not Matt, though. Mm Mm-mm. Let me name off the guest hosts that he went through. Robin Roberts. LeVar Burton. David Faber. Joe Buck. Mayim Bialik. Mike Richards. I flipped those last two around because Mike Richards doesn't deserve to be lumped in with anybody decent. And just for the heck of it, let's tack Ken Jennings onto the end of that. Because he's played under Ken Jennings, too. This guy holds, and will I hope forever hold, the record for playing Jeopardy with the greatest number of hosts. And I must say I'm extremely impressed by his ability to not only do that, but to excel at it. When season 37 ended, this guy had an 18-game win streak, which blew me away at the time. Because, like I said, we just saw the three-game curse that had lasted most of the most of the season, it seemed like, broken. We'd had, you know, a couple of four- and five-day champions, things like that. Enough for, enough for a tournament. But for a large part of the season, nobody could win more than two or three games, it seemed like. And then, like I said, Courtney broke that. But then Matt comes in and absolutely annihilates it. The season break was shorter between 37 and 38 because of the two-week gap. For Christmas and New Year's before they aired Alex's last episode. So we only got four weeks of reruns instead of six. And for two of those weeks, we actually got to see Alex again, which was awesome. Although, as I jokingly tell people right now, Alex is still grounded for trying to give me a heart attack on Celebrity Jeopardy the other night. Although I suppose it isn't entirely Alex's fault. 
the dogs did their share of, of obscuring the conversation, so I wasn't expecting that. But still. But anyway, those four weeks dragged. Even though, you know, seeing Alex again and seeing the Tournament of Champions and getting to watch Buzzy Cohen host the show again was double, triple awesome. But at the same time, they went by far too quickly. And of course, this... A part of this, of course, before Mike Richards went bye-bye. Because the season ended right after they had announced him as the new host. So some of that time flew by way too quickly. And, and yet it still seemed to drag. Because as much as I didn't want to put up with Mike Richards, I wanted to see if Matt could keep winning. And he did. 20 more games. Someone on Reddit said something to the lines of, What's going on this week on Jeopardy? Perhaps better known right now as the Mad Amodio Show. <laughs> it was It was funny. The, the day he lost a victim of the Monday curse, I was so sad. Because through all of the turmoil in the last few weeks of season 37 and the start of season 38, I mean, the guy had been our constant. With just as much, just as much that was going crazy, we needed a constant and he, and he took on that role. So him losing was kind of not nice. Although I can't say too much because Jonathan Fisher is another awesome player who will probably be getting his own spotlight very soon. Matt did have a little bit of trouble in the Tournament of Champions, but I don't fault him for that. I think I think he was just out of practice. But, yeah, he, he struggled a little bit in the exhibition game and kind of gave Sam Buttry a run for his money in the semifinal because they had to face off. But where Matt really managed to shine was Masters. Why do I say that? Because Matt was the only person to outright kick James Holtower's patootie in a match. How did he do it? He managed to use James's strategy against him and ended up tied with James at the end of Double Jeopardy. So James did what any overconfident player would do. He bet it all. Well, Matt, being the smart guy that he is, did not do that. So, when James promptly proceeded to miss the question, he dropped all the way down to zero dollars. Whereas Matt, I don't remember if he got the question right or wrong, but I don't think it mattered because I don't think he wagered anything. 
kept himself a nice, comfortable lead and won that match. So they have very, I have to say, they do have, those two do have very similar play styles. But my money, honestly, would be on Matt in a tight situation because Matt has the better wagering strategy. Whereas James is Mr. All-In all the time, Matt knows when it's not a good idea to do that. But yeah, that was epic. Anyway, I think I'm going to sign off because I'm exhausted and I want to go to bed. Then again, that's what happens when you wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and can't go back to sleep. But I do appreciate you tuning in. I'm going to go ahead and say, oh, before I leave, though, I do need to remind you that I will be late on Thursday night. Because I have things to do. But I just want to say good night. Thank you for tuning in. And as Alex, who is still grounded for nearly giving me a heart attack, would say. So long, everybody. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast. An Evil Chocolate Cookie production. This is Jamie T speaking for the Jeopardy podcast. An Evil Chocolate Cookie production.